0: velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back leading to moments like this and McConaughey and he's stacking his way through and in Clark to Glanville singer is standing, waiting, pouncing! Big Joel makes his a double Oh he's gone through on his own Josh Matavesi, Ender of Worlds Destroyer of Walls oh Spencer Whips it away, beautifully done. Gathered, scored. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week, Orlando Bailey and Max Jomo conspire in thrilling fashion.
1: Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel and joined as ever by my good friend and fellow bath fan, Tom. Tom still in your looking resplendent in your blue, black and white shirt. Have you taken it off since Friday night? It's
0: barely been off, mate. It's um yeah, it was, it's it's a little bit chilly tonight. So uh La Rochelle style, I've got three or four layers underneath, but I had to slip back into it. The smile is very much still on my face. It was uh an epic, epic night at at King. So, mate, one of the best feelings that I've had. I think in a bath shirt, watching Bath for uh, for for many years. Firmly shut up the shed. Um, redemption, or as as I was quite pleased with how I coined it on the night, shedemption. Um, and it, yeah, two on the bounce, mate.
1: Yeah, two on the bounce, two. On the bounce a little bit further apart, but yeah, a little bit of a roll going on as we as we head to Twickenham this Saturday. And we're gonna talk all about that, but we're gonna talk so much about that 24-33 win away at King's Home. A result I don't think we really saw coming. And you're right, with with the 64-0 drubbing firmly in our minds and firmly in your minds as as someone who was there and almost a year on was there again at the at King's home. Sorry. Just Sort of tell us a few stories from from the shed and from from home on Friday night. I was I was very disappointed I wasn't able to make it, but but looked a cracker.
0: Well, mate, you would have been there, but 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 work commitments and all that have to come first. But hmm. um, yeah, it was. It was uh, I think that was it. It was the sixty four nil, and we basically stood in exactly the same place. Was so much in our minds, and that was one of the darkest days probably as a Bath fan, right? It was a uh, many moments of, like that last season, but getting nilled, at King's home, being in the shed, uh, just being basically humiliated, having those scenes at the end with Tom Dunn, remonstrating with Stuart Hooper, looking like it was falling apart at the scenes. And I think going into this game, yes, Gloucester haven't had their their best 2023 at all. They only had got had one win in the Premiership as well. But, you know, the shed was packed over an hour before the game there were really, really a sense that they were baying for blood. It was quite gladiatorial, actually. Like when we ran out onto the pitch, there were boos absolutely ringing round at Kingshome. They felt like it was a bit of an opportunity to continue to get one over us. And we've not won there in five years. And also, I think, to get their season back on track. And you know, they they did have a very, very slim chance of making the playoffs. It was Ben Morgan's last ever game for for, for Gloucester or at Kingshome, one of the two. So he came out to a to a massive reception, so just setting that scene, G, and it felt like a really pressurised environment, an absolute pressure cooker for for the boys to 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 run out into. We were there, you know, really kind of lone fans in the shed. There weren't many that had had, had pulled on, uh, well, visibly pulled on blue, black, and white, and were stood in the shed. And it felt it was it was it was tense. It was. Um, it was a serious atmosphere and yeah, the, the whistle went and we thought, well, here we go again.
1: So it didn't start, start all that well, Tom, but certainly ended well and, and yeah, the shed was packed at the start. I'm not sure it was as packed on 75 oh. minutes and certainly not packed when, when you took the photo of yourself in an empty shed uh, on full time. That, that was a great photo and a, a great comeback from the boys.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, we can, we can come on to that. I mean, there was, it was brilliant in the end because, as, as you say, it was the last 11 minutes. I mean, we went nine points ahead and we're kind of doing this in reverse to what we normally do, but it felt like there was still quite a lot of time in the game and obviously we've seen us throw away leads like that. And there were a few really, really nervy moments as well. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a re-summit kick through where he nearly streaks through there and if Lawrence doesn't get on the ball... Suddenly, it's a, you know, a two-point game with him under the sticks. There was a big Joe drop oh. at the, at the back in the 22, <laughs> where we just thought, how has he found a way to drop that? And are they going to be in the corner again? A huge Ted Hill shot puts Bree Sammett into touch. So, like with All Bath Rugby wins, we didn't make it easy for ourselves at Ooh. all. But when that second-last Carreras kick missed, with four minutes to go, at that point, we started to breathe a bit of a sigh of relief, and at that point, as you say, the shed started to empty row by row. Which, after all the stick that we'd received before and 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 during the game, and it was it's all in, in good nature, but after all the stick we'd received, that was pretty gratifying. It was, it, it, it yeah, it, um, the 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 when when the final whistle went. The Bath players were straight over to the shed, and I'm not sure if you you would have listeners and you would have seen the photos, G. But Miles Reed was straight over by the shed, giving it the big uns. Carl Ferns all those mm-hmm. years ago when we when we beat them. Tom Dunn hugging everyone inside, basically breaking ribs. He's 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 hugging blokes so hard. And you contrast that to him with Stuart Hooper the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 you know last year. So a massive massive turnaround really. And you know we can get into the game, but I think just the good feeling that that will bring to supporters to coaches to players after what happened last year I think is 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 difficult to to understate
1: yeah and Bath coming away with a full five points as well Gloucester getting nothing tightens up a little bit in in the league remarkably Bath still sit in 10th place but only three points behind their West Country rivals and only four points behind other West Country rivals Bristol and another West Country team sit just above that and Bath are only six points behind Exeter. Not been a great year for West Country rugby, but sort of certainly in the mix there and and not adrift like I kind of thought we might be at one point during the turn of the year this season. You mentioned Tom Dunn there and that's given me the nudge to mention that this podcast is, of course, brought to you by Tom Dunn's black and white butchers the butchers and event company ran by baths very own number two last home game of the season against saracens in two weeks time if you're at the wreck it's going to be another sellout check out their hog roast stall next to the swift half it is well well worth it yeah tom dunn was fantastic and that hog roast is fantastic the bath will be plugged brought to you by back and white butchers the game tom that we enjoyed, we enjoyed not on BT Sport, despite their silly little video that they put out during the the kind of the day before, um, almost an apologetic video. Not quite sure what's going on there. And Bath didn't start fantastically. I'm sure there were some kind of flashbacks to the year uh, prior, the 64 nil win in in that opening sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes. The Varney try early on put Gloucester 7-0 up, some pretty broken defence, particularly from Bailey, I thought. Dunn dropped it over the line. The breakdown wasn't going our way. The line-out wasn't, wasn't really functioning. And we ended up 17 nil down on 28 minutes. And at that point, I imagine the shed was was kind of baying and, and, and almost at a point when they thought they had the game won.
0: Yeah, it it, it felt like the 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 90th to 95th minute to, to 105th minute or 90 80th to 95th minute to be honest from that from that fixture last season we were just we were just getting getting opened up in in any which way particularly as you say out wide I mean we were narrow we were corner flagging um all the things that we've spoken about so many times we're giving away stupid penalties as well which were just relieving any pressure that we we managed to put on them. We're missing lineouts, as you say, Tom. Tom Dunn just dropped the ball short sure, of the line, which would have kind of, you know, that would have been a try for a try, and it would have would have settled a few nerves, I think. But yeah, right up until that Lewis Ludlow yellow cards, they looked in absolutely firm control, and it, it, it felt like we needed something, something to turn the match in our favour a little bit, and. Um, and that happened in the form of the, the Lewis Ludlow the, the yellow card. I do think that was watching the game back. I think even more so, it did feel like quite a significant turning point. That mm. I mean, not not because he he spends ten minutes off the field. Obviously, he's an impactful player for them. He's their, He's their captain. But I just think it gave us a little bit of a kick to say, okay, we're back in this game now. We've got a man up. It was a you know the first real opportunity that we'd had outside the Tom Dunn drop. Um, and I think, it yeah, it just sparked us into life a bit of it. And I think we needed that because I think if things had carried on as they were, we could have been looking at the scoreboard and it could have been, you know, three, four, five tries even. Mm. Um, so big, big moment that.
1: I think that was almost a the theme of the game for me is that we just hung on in there. We didn't let it get away from us like it has done in previous years. And then when the tide started to turn, we were then able to exploit that, and I think you're right. This was a key moment, and and let's have it, let's have it right. It's absolutely the correct decision. Clown show on commentary for PRTV didn't know the law. I'm not quite sure who it was, the Gloucester fan, but yeah, seventeen no, seven. Uh, Mark, Mark Mark Atkinson, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. both of the things I've said are true.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's you know, he's then they never they're never impartial, are they? But. But, no,
1: but anyway. No, the law was, was quite poor in, in that moment. But yeah, 17-7, that took it. And you're right. From there. Why don't you just
0: why don't you just explain it to our listeners, mate? So he he a goes to the line.
1: Well, so a sort of darts through. Um, we get close after a nice Gallagher break off a nice line out move, which came a little bit of a theme in the second half. We get close, a darts through, is is close to the line and is really only not getting over the line because uh, Lewis Ludlow, the Gloucester captain, comes across with a high tackle. Now, when a high tackle offence is the direct cause of a try not being scored, in the laws that is a yellow card and a penalty try. So quite rightly, Christoph Ridley from Cheltenham, Christoph Ridley, went under the sticks and and showed the yellow card to um to Lewis Ludlow, the, the Gloucester captain, the right call. And, and you're right, it was a big moment because yeah, 17-0, if that gets any worse, I'm sure the players have got 64-0 in the back of their minds, certainly. So yeah, it it was a nice, it was a nice moment. And from there, I think that was just on the sort of 31 minute mark. And then from there, the retry was was relatively um soon after sort of just before half time and and suddenly we were back to 17 14 at half time and, and i think we were probably lucky to be to be so close but i think we hung in there well didn't let it get away from us and i think the kind of the signs were there for what was to come um in in the areas of dominance that we were about to, about to enjoy um as as we went into yeah. the half time break
0: yeah a couple of things we there's one chant that the shed have, and it's uh there's children on the podcast listening to the podcast as well, if there are any listeners, and it's uh, it's it goes the rare ferries, and the, the, that's what they were they were singing every single decision, and there weren't many in that first half against Gloucester. That that was the chant, and uh, we adapted that. We found out actually during the game that he was from he was from Cheltenham, so so we adapted that, and we managed to get that message fairly far and wide in the shed that that Christopher Ridley was just just across the road in Cheltenham so that was uh that was that was that was a that was a, ni- that was a nice comeback when whenever there whenever the decisions against us but yeah we did well to stay close i mean i was chatting to a couple of bath fans at half time and just saying like three point game there it feels like we've we've not really been in that outside of mm-hmm. a few good moments that retry try at the end i think of, of the first half was was important that he just crept over there because it 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 carried that momentum going back into the the tunnel a little bit, um, and I think the other moment that I enjoyed that I just noted down, there was a, just before the retry. I think there was a little a little scrap, and you mentioned that that BT Sport video, and there there often are scraps over the years between between Gloucester and Bar fans. Now it's nothing more than than handbags, but I think it was Chris Klerter, mm. who just got a little bit bit rough with. Um, with Ben Morgan and there was a little bit of pushing and shoving and he looked really up for it he looked hungry for the for the fight and again I think that was a moment where we just thought okay let's wake up a bit let's get off the coach we're not going to get blown away by these slot again we've got parity or more in a lot of key areas let's go out and 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 show them so yeah 14-17 felt quite good going
1: into the tunnel there I'm not sure clear had his best game in terms of what he's there to do. He gave away a couple of quite silly penalties in the second half and we didn't really have the dominance and the breakdown that we saw against extra Chiefs. But I thought what he did do was that he kind of led the way with that with that little bit of nastiness and a little bit mm. of grizzle that we've lacked in previous seasons, right? And we've said that so many times before. And I think Pluter was the one that was leading the way there. And it, it was just sort of, we're not going to roll over here, lads you know we can kind of live in and around the law and we can fight back against Gloucester who who let's face it are not not an amazing side and i think that that kind of was born out in the in the second half yeah, side the bar for sure but not an amazing side and and
0: he's a, that could be he's a, he's a gnarly little player he's i can see why van grand likes him he gets he's stuck in he's got an incredibly good work rate he's often first to the breakdown even when it's in broken field or or out on the touchline I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a big fan of him. We haven't seen much from him this season. He was one of the players that we were, remember, most excited about seeing and we've barely seen him. But these last couple of weeks, I think he started Ooh. to show us what the, the quality he has. And, you know, he came across with Matt Gallagher. We know how good he's been. So Van Grand knows how to pick him, I reckon.
1: Yeah, back row of Hill, Clurter, Barbary is nicely balanced, I think. So one to look forward to for next season. Yeah. Just a, a little bit of an aside, Tom. How are you getting on with with your New Year's resolution, I'm not sure if you if you gave yourself one. If it was to not drink 35 pints of Guinness in King's home, then you've certainly broken that. Um, how are you getting on with your your resolution? I, I thought you were going to bring this up actually on the subject of Matt Gallagher. I think we
0: conceded just, was it five minutes 30? So remember, mine was no oh, yeah. tries conceded in the first five minutes, and when we've broken that more, we've broken that probably. I mean, pretty much every single game, to be fair, since the new year. So that's not that's not as with all my New Year's resolutions, that's not held up particularly well. But I actually have this jotted down. He's kicking everything to the corner, and some of them I, I don't think he should be, to be honest. But yeah, they're obviously they've someone's listening, G. Someone is listening. We can be sure of that. <laughs> Someone is anyone
1: out there? Somebody is listening, and yeah, they. They, they have taken heed of it and his kicking on, on Friday it wasn't even that great, but he's still doing it. Nice. Spence is kicking at sticks as well, which is another thing that I, I, I've been keen to advocate for. So, yeah, ha- happy to see that. Um, didn't start so well in the second half, Tom. Um, they just have so much pace out wide, don't they, Gloucester? When when they go wide and, and it all clicks for them, it just it looks like it's unstoppable. And a combination of um, Carreras, Zamet and um uh, Atkinson allowed Atkinson to crash over for for 24 um 14 at that point in the game um and I think again this is another moment where it almost felt like it could have it could have drifted away it it could have maybe gotten out of hand and and I think a big big moment was the the, the interception um, he didn't obviously end up going all the way with it he went about 50 meters and and Zamet was able to To track him down quite comfortably, but it just felt like they were on another roll. They were getting it wide. They were going side to side, side to side, and stretching us. And yeah, that that was a big moment to to again just keep us keep us in the game. And and then I think the the kind of the tail of of the game, the the key moments of the game began to pour out. And I think the key area was, was without doubt the front row. I thought the performances of 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 Stuart, who in particular, actually Stuart, who I thought was outstanding, Abano um, and Dunn, was was the key to, to to us turning this game around and winning the game.
0: Yeah, just just to go back to what you were saying. I think we chances started to come for us a bit, didn't they? You mentioned mm-hmm. the interception. I mean, that was exciting, but I mean the wheels and resummit are 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 insane. We know how quick quick Deglambill is, and then yeah, the 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 try, the big Joe try. Again, like a, a nice kick from Ben Spencer, who identifies some space at the back and we get the bat. you know a very awkward bounce, but again, it's a bit of Gloucester sloppiness there mm. not to, not to be mopping that up, and we take advantage of that, so I think they they kind of they led us back into the game a bit with some some poor quality moments, but I think the the difference is and I completely agree with you the difference compared to the first half was that the scrum started to to dominate and there are a couple of there are a couple of massive penalties in there. So the one penalty, a huge bust from Will Stewart straight through the loose head. I mean, he looks monstrously powerful but to get us to get us close to the line for the lineout, which then Mars Reed scores. And then off the subsequent kickoff, Ted Hill, who's been incredible for us when he's played the season, drops an absolute stinker. And I don't think he actually had his had his best game either. He made he made a couple of. A couple of unforced errors with the absolute, you know, huge tackles that he, that he puts in. But he drops the ball for kickoff. You just think it's the coach's worst nightmare. They're going to score straight off the back of our score. And then again, the scrum bails us out of trouble with a massive penalty there. So, yeah, George Givington said after the game that no one in the league or in any of the competitions they've played has done that to their scrum all season. So I think that's a big. Uh, notch on the belt for the front row and how much better are we I mean what difference does it make Um, it's the third time this season but what a difference it makes when we have those three guys available to us
1: well let's have a right as well when Spencer kicks that away for in, in kind of the lead up to the Joe try that's on scrum penalty advantage so I think from that point they'd already started to to take over and yeah I think a front row of Vivas Blake and Robinson just wasn't able to live with with the power that was coming through in in the second half, and yeah, so much of a of a game is won in that area, and when you're so dominant in that area, it's so difficult to to, to win if you're the opposition. And I think it's not just the the, the what well, it can bring in terms of the scrum. But I think those guys also become such key operators in carrying and such key operators in kind of line out and mauling and and close to the line. Those guys are just because of their body shape so important. And when they're when they're that dominant and that explosive, it it just is so difficult to stop.
0: And particularly on a a wet and windy Friday night under the floodlights, Mm. right? It's even more it's it's even more weapon.
1: Artificial pitch, but yeah, point taken. Um they, they were key and I thought it was it was it was Stuart's best game of the season. I thought throughout he was yeah, he he was he was monstrous to be honest with you. Um yeah, so we kind of skipped over a couple of tries there, but the Joe try, the re try, and then um Finally, the the underhill try all coming from from relatively similar points in which we were kind of really pinning them back and and dominating in in the forward areas and causing them to make mistakes. A so Gloucester side who knew they had to win and knew they had to win with with four tries just kind of imploded a little bit and just weren't able to to get a foothold in the game when when those outside backs weren't weren't dominating and weren't weren't creating. Um, yeah, it was a great performance, Tom.
0: It was, yeah, and a couple of other things maybe before we, hmm. before we move on or, or before we, we we talk more generally about the game. I thought Sam Underhill when he came on yeah. did real impetus. A couple of big moments like that, that rip on on Ben Morgan yeah. right close to their line, which which gets us a scrum. Off the back of that, he then is is the man to to, to pick up the ball and and, and get over the line, um, and a couple of just just really likely looking carries and big collisions, which we expect from him, but we just haven't seen enough because of his concussions and his his injuries and, you know, just the inconsistency that he's, 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 um, he, you know, consistently he's not been able to get in his, his, his performance. So good to see him, him back out there smashing people. And the other thing I think, and this was on, I think this was Rob Jones on Twitter, but reading some of the comments from, from the post I put out earlier, I think it's a good point. The, the, the other impacts you mentioned of having, kind of dominant forward back is obviously set piece. And you mentioned the maul and the line out as well. But I think we had, we had, we had quicker ball. And at times this season, Ben Spencer, I think probably not through his own fault solely, but I think has been a bit slow with it. And as, as, has, has lacked a little bit of impetus that we have seen from guys that like look from Lewis Schurder, for example, when he's come off the bench. But I think now that the, the, the guys are getting, dominance in the breakdown, he's picking it up, he's getting it into hands. And um I think that was a notable improvement from 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 parts of the season. So I think that was good. And obviously as we look ahead to next season, a man that will want quit ball in his hands is is Finn Russell. So so key to that is gonna be having some dominance up 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 front.
1: Yeah, my thing on the Spencer thing was always that he, he can do it if the players are there and they're organised and they're they're ready to carry. Um, and I think that's definitely been the case when we've had these um, these these front rowers back. They're always so willing to carry and they're always organised and in the. Mm.
0: As you know, as you must know, G, it must be so much easier trying to fish the ball out from from boots and get it out there when you're when you're going forward and you're on the front foot. I mean, it must just make the world of difference. So if it makes him a better player, if it makes Bailey a better player next season, if it makes Finn Russell and those outside him a better player, then yeah, the downstream impact of having that front row is 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 monstrous and certainly the scrum halves that I would have played with all those years ago would have been having to fish it out and getting stamped on and trying to sling it out to fly offs who are standing 20 meters deep so um I hope he's I hope he enjoyed it
1: yeah he, he he was influential again wasn't he Spencer just in everything we did he was there and yeah I thought his leadership shone through throughout he he was always positive I felt like picking guys up throughout the game um yeah a great a great victory, Tom. A, a slightly nervy last 10 minutes. I've watched it back and I guess I wasn't as nervous as I was on the night. You're right, a couple of key oh. moments that that Lawrence um, dive on the ball was massive and then the two missed kicks from Carreras really just didn't allow them yeah. to snap.
0: As I mentioned, the big Joe drop as well and a couple of kind of dumb penalties and um, yeah, I think Ted Hill dropped it in contact as well or Lawrence did I, I, yeah I mean I, I watched it back earlier today but I just remember there never really being a point right up until Carreras miss I think as I said earlier until I was like okay this is done now I can start to breathe I can start to I can start to enjoy it um, yeah I so mean six, six
1: I, minutes I, of enjoyment
0: yeah well plenty plenty of minutes after though I would say and I would, I would say that the, the, the match day experience at Kingsham is is brilliant. I mean, nearly every single fan that we spoke to, both before, during, after, was, was very gracious, was nice to chat to. We went to Teague's pub, which is a Gloucester kind of stronghold before and after the game, which is just outside the the entrance to, to the shed in that in that, that left-hand corner. And everyone was in there. And it was it was good hearted chat. It was it was it's nice, you know, obviously a bit of a cliche, but it is nice that there are still There are still parts of, there are still rugby clubs where you can, you can, you can hang out with opposing fans. And it was, it was good. And we, we, know, we have six West country derbies a season in the premiership now, but I do think that the Kings home game is probably the most, it's the most pure West country derby because they, they genuinely, the shed genuinely wants to tear us apart. And, you know, Ashton Gate, it's a football stadium. It's it's corporate. They don't fill it. Exeter's um, <laughs> a service station. You know, all, all these things I could say. But I just think there's something pure about the West Country Derby at Kingsham. So, um, yeah, brilliant, uh, brilliant to get the win over there and, and felt like real redemption. And, yeah, gee, just a shame, a shame you weren't there to, to save it with us. But I reckon we I reckon we turn them over again next year. We've got that. We've got their number now.
1: Yeah, it looked a fantastic occasion and you're right. It's it's a brilliant ground to go to. I've I've only been there once and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and, and looking forward to to going back. And yeah, there's there's a lot of talk and 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 maybe it works for for some clubs in certain grounds about having away sections of fans um, like they're doing football to kind of create a bit of an away atmosphere and an away end um, but I think when you go to an occasion like that it's a it's an yeah. argument, very strong and compelling argument against that because being in amongst it when you're right they want to tear you apart um, but they're not going to tear you apart and you see so much silliness with other fans of, of particularly football where where they are physically trying to tear each other apart and and, and it's just not that sort of atmosphere it's, it's it's um it's hostile but it's um yeah it's great and
0: they do have the last laugh because they have a certain zach mercer heading in their that's direction God. From Montpellier. Oh so God. Give it <laughs> a quite, quite a few of them are keen to remind me of that so that's yeah a slight fly in the ointment but yeah. as i said
1: shedemption is is ours quick thick to scale reading from yourself tom Ten thirty friday night
0: I don't think it was reading much to be fair at that point. It was I was probably barely registering a heart rate at that stage. We we we, we enjoyed ourselves, but I mean, yeah, it's the moment of the season for me, just in mm-hmm. terms of how, how it felt, and I think the context, the performance, you could argue probably we we played better at parts this season. It was yeah. quite scrappy yeah. as as derbies tend to be, but I think the 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 way it felt and the reaction of the players at the end, the reaction of the supporters, I think, yeah, so I don't want to give it a ten because clearly we can win the league, we can win Europe, and that would uh, that would obviously top it. But I'm um, I'm I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't get much better, mate. It doesn't
1: get much better, and there's been some dark days. So let's let's enjoy them. Yeah, nice way to round that off, Tom. Let's hit a bit of news before we look ahead to this weekend at Twickenham. First bit of news, Tom, surrounds Bath club captain charlie yules who's been working his way back from a pretty nasty knee injury nine months out got injured with england in the australia tour june 2020 and it's been announced that he's going to be going back to the southern hemisphere to join the vodacom bulls for the remainder of the curry cup just explain this one to bath fans will you
0: yes yeah, so i think there's a bit of confusion when it was it was announced you know is he going to be coming back what's his what's the you know have we done all his rehab and um and, and, and paid a salary or whatever and, and he's basically he's basically gone for the rest of the season why doesn't he play out the two remaining games of the season so i think with the the way it was reported uh by by the times and bath have come out to kind of clarify clarify some of the points is that we kind of aren't able to pay him essentially under under the salary cap that that, that, that we have, we'll get dispensation for him being injured all season. And now he's available for games. We basically can't fit him within the salary cap. So it makes sense for him to go on loan to, to another club. Now the, the bulls, the Pretoria bulls where, which is kind of the senior club of the, the institution that he's going to, they play in the URC. So they don't have an extended season compared to ours. I think they only have two or three games left looking at their fixture list. He is going to the Blue Bulls, which is kind of the, I guess, kind of the the Bath United version of the of the Bulls. And they play Curry Cup, as you say. So they play way on into, I think, towards the end of May. And I think at a minimum, they will have nine games left. So he's going to get some decent, hopefully some decent match experience out there, be able to get fit. I think there's guys playing in the Premiership that are, that are out there that he'll He'll know. So I think Nizam Carr, who was at Wasps, plays it, plays for the Blue Bulls. Um, and then it's already been confirmed by the club that he will return for the for the next season. So we will see him in a barf next season in what capacity we can we can we we can talk about will he be will he be captain. Um, but but yeah, that's 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 basically it, Jay.
1: Yeah, I'm just checking to see if he played at the weekend. I know he was out there, um, but I don't think he played A guy that came through the ranks with Charlie Ewells, Tom Ellis, will be leaving Bath on a permanent deal as of immediately. Um, Ellis joins Sale, having previously spent a little bit of this season uh, with Saracens on a short-term contract. He now goes on a permanent deal to Sale, a man who's played 127 appearances uh, with Bath um, over a, a 10-year span, um, an academy guy and a hugely popular member of that squad. Another hugely popular member of the squad, Lewis Boyce, moves on as well at the end of the season. He's going to be joining Ealing Trail Finders, who are top of the championship, but not coming up, obviously. 59, 52 appearances since 2009. A huge number of injuries means that he's probably never quite lived up to the, the potential and the excitement we had when he signed. I'm quite surprised as well, Tom, that he didn't get a premiership gig, but a man previously of Harlequin's kind of re goes back to the southwest of London, perhaps going back there was a, a a determining factor in his decision. I've got absolutely no idea. Perhaps a word on on those two boys leaving Bath.
0: Yeah, I think on on Lewis Boyce, you know, he remember he joined at the same point as Will Stewart. So what was that? Three three or so seasons ago. Two thousand nineteen, yeah. Yeah, three seasons ago. And we were all very excited about mm-hmm. both of them. And we've both thought that they could, so um, they would add some dynamism to what was, you know, an, an, uh, an aging front row at that point. And he's, yeah, he's just been—he's struggled with injuries so much, and I think he has also struggled during those periods to keep himself fit. It must be so difficult when you're 115, 120 kilos to stay in some kind of shape when you're rehabbing these these serious injuries. So he's been very unlucky, and I think you know with the reduced number of teams in the league with the reduced number of salary cap with the reduced salary cap sorry it's very difficult to to get a gig at, at premiership size particularly when you're playing a prop which is a higher value position due to the risk that comes with it and when ultimately you're you've shown that you're you're relatively injury prone so yeah not sure about the reasons but be, behind it but I, I think you said this to me at the time I wouldn't be surprised if if we see him back in the premiership at, at some point either with Ealing trail finders if that whole situation sorts itself out or or otherwise Mm. and then yeah on on Tom Ellis I mean maybe once we'll I mean I guess when we do our end of season review we'll go through we'll know the the full picture go through the ins and outs I I feel like it's the right move for both parties I know that you've at times been being quite critical of him when he has he has played and I think you've got to say that he's not lived up to the the promise that he showed during the early parts of his career, you know, he's England under twenties. They won the junior world championship. He's been involved in England squads during the earlier part of, you know, the early part of his twenties. I think he's 28 years old now. So he's, he's heading into the, you know, the, the mid to latter stages of his, his career. And he's, he's not kicked on, you know, he spent most of the last couple of seasons captaining Bath United or in, sorry, in, in premiership rugby cup games. And that's just, that's just not good enough for the, 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 the promise he's shown. So, I think with Tom Ellis, and I've said this time and time again, I'm not sure he's been they've been playing him in, in the right position. I'll be very, very interested to see what Alex Sanderson does with him. I just don't think he's got the the speed or engine to play at six. So we'll see what happens with, with Tom Ellis. But glad he's playing in the staying in the premiership. And yeah, I think we 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 wish him all the best. He's he's clearly, as you say, a very popular guy in the squad, and you can tell that by the the kind of reaction from from the players and the club on on social media so yeah i think wish them both all the best but i don't think this is the end of the the, the you know the the guys leaving the the guys heading out of the club for for bath because we have brought in some some really good guys who are going to be commanding decent salaries as we've spoken about and i think that we will see some some quite significant squad turnover but obviously all hopefully all those players go to a club and you know, go on to to continue to play in 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 decent professional leagues.
1: Yeah, well said, Tom. Lewis Boyce's Formula Club Harlequins are uh, Bath opposition this Saturday, and big summer kickoff at Twickenham. Pretty short of time here, Tom. So a couple of key things for me before we end on this game I think firstly it will be important the result on Friday night now Northampton travel to Kingston Park to play Newcastle a win of any kind for Northampton provided my maths is correct would rule Harlequins out of playoff contention I think that's important because I think if they're given a sniff of that on Saturday um I've seen that that they can kind of take take the the ball by the horns a bit and, uh, and run away with it, and I think that will be important. I think the second key battleground will be the the front row. I think an underrated part of Harlequins, you, you know, they play exciting rugby at times. Esther Hazen, Marchant, um, Caden Murley, Tim David, all orchestrated by Kerr and oh, Smith. Absolutely. But I, but I think the the, the the a real underrated part of their game is the props um, in Joe Marler and Wilco Lowe. Wilco Lowe is a fantastic cornerstone of of that 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 forward pack, and so I think that will be a key area. Whoever gets on top of that will will likely have the upper hand. I know Quinns have got a remarkable record when going over to Twickenham for these big games or, or big summer kickoffs. So it's going to be tough, Tom. I know you're going to this game which will be another exciting one for yourself so yeah um, look forward to hearing all about it on the podcast next week thank you ever so much for joining me I'll
0: take this can't take this shirt off now it's been
1: it's been four days and it's starting to it's starting to smell a little bit like Thatcher's gold so no, mate, you, you need that at, at the stoop on uh, for pre-game on, on Saturday afternoon. I'll be expecting to see you in it. Um, yeah, thank you for joining me, Tom. Thank you very much for listening. The Bath Rugby Plug brought to you by Black and White Butchers at Bath Rugby Plug on social. Not long to go now in the season. So share it with your mates to enjoy the last few episodes before we go into summer hibernation and stick behind the boys through thick and thin.